bird on the street is. You ducking love birds. So do I. I think they're emusing. I think they're owlsome. I think they're excellent. I think they're dovely. Welcome to Chirp Off the Old Block. Hello everybody, welcome to Chirp Off the Old Block, the internet's okayest bird slash comedy podcast. Well, I'm not even sure if you can consider us either. I mean, we talk about birds, but I'm no bird expert. And calling it a comedy podcast is really stretching it. Welcome back! It's been a hot minute. Just a whole bunch of stuff happened. I can't really explain the delays well, but trust me, it's been a wild one here at Mac, and especially over here at the Potterangle. But that's okay, sometimes things just get crazy. But hey, now we're here, and today I have a very special episode. It's not just a normal episode, it's our holiday extravaganza! Yeah, you heard that right, holiday extravaganza. So whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or you don't celebrate at all, or you celebrate the only true winter holiday candle nights, you're here! And we are gonna have an amazing time together. Today, we're not just covering one bird, oh no. As my holiday gift to all of you, and as kind of an apology for that stupid delay, I have two birds in one. That's right, this is a Chirp Off the Old Block double feature. Today, we'll be covering the Northern Cardinal and the wild turkey. Once again, I would like to say thank you so much for listening. I know I've barely even begun, but I've got to still thank you guys because if you're listening to this, that means that even with the stupid month-long delay, which is mostly my fault, you are still listening. So thank you so much for your patience. So to make sure you can listen to this episode in the best way possible, you gotta get festive. So put on some comfy clothes. I am currently wearing sweatpants, my Mac Media t-shirt, and a pair of rainbow Crocs. Get yourself a hot beverage. I would recommend cider, but for the adults in the audience, do not feel afraid to get some eggnog. Make sure to hide from the crazy members of your family, because goodness knows they're around this time of year. And I won't tell anyone if you sneak some eggnog while nobody's looking. With that being said, let's begin the first segment of the... Eggment. <laughs> the puns don't even write themselves, they just happen. The first... <laughs> okay, 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 Toby, get it right. The first segment of the episode, Bird Biography. One episode. What can go wrong? Okay, for our first bird, we've got the wild turkey. Something funny, I googled wild turkeys, and one of the things Google recommended to me was, what are turkeys afraid of? So that's a good start. Wild turkeys live in the central and eastern parts of the U.S. They're native to the U.S. It's kind of hard to describe the appearance of a turkey. The boys kind of look like beefy, masculine peacocks. Well, 
To be fair, all peacocks are masculine peacocks because the girl ones are peahens. <laughs> Whatever. The lady turkeys are less poofy and beefy. Honestly, just Google it. I have no clue how to describe it. But what I do know is that these guys are absolute units. They're huge. It's like three chickens in a trench coat, but the trench coat's a turkey. If you want more turkeys in your backyard, which is an odd priority to have, but I stand by it, I support it, plant more fruit and nut trees because turkeys are ground foragers. They eat their food off the ground, so if you have more nut trees and fruit trees that drop fruit on the ground, the turkeys will eat the fruit and the nuts off the ground. I probably used way too many words to describe that when you probably got the point after the fifth, but who cares? The explanation was thorough. Turkeys go... <laughs> turkeys typically go... <laughs> which is a really cool sound. I probably sounded a little bit silly right there, but hey, I'm here for it. We don't take ourselves too seriously here at Trip Off the Old Block. And it's fun. I love making that sound. I love going... I've been sitting in the studio practicing that for about five minutes before I started recording. It was fun. Try it yourself. Try just... Domesticated turkeys are raised for meat. But it makes me wonder, what would a turkey egg taste like? We raise chickens, ducks, and turkeys for meat, but we only eat the eggs of chickens and ducks. Turkeys are gonna lay eggs, why don't we eat them? Why don't we ever find turkey eggs at the store? Upon Googling it, I found an article from modernfarmer.com. I now know that turkey eggs are totally edible, but don't go seeking them out just yet. They taste pretty similar to chicken eggs. Turkeys lay bigger eggs than chickens, but they lay eggs less often. They also start laying eggs later in life than chickens, just because they have a longer lifespan. Also, in 2016, on average, a turkey egg costs $3 just for one. On average, a dozen chicken eggs will cost around two bucks. Would you rather have one egg, which would take up about 60% of your hand laying down, or would you rather have a dozen small eggs, all of which you'd never be able to carry in your hands? I'm not telling you how to spend your money, I'm just saying the numbers don't lie. Unless you're raising turkeys, you probably shouldn't have any turkey eggs. Just go for the turkey legs like a normal person. Benjamin Franklin, in a letter to his daughter, stated that... Hold on. I'm just lighting a candle and adjusting my glasses into the spirit of things. <clears throat> for the truth, the turkey is, in comparison, a much more respectable bird. And with a true original native of America, he is, besides, though of little vain and silly, a bird of courage and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British guards, who should presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. TLDR, Benjamin Franklin thinks that a turkey would be willing to fight anyone who got on its land, and that's a good thing, but he also thinks turkeys are a little vain and silly, which, I'm not gonna lie, he's got a point. There was a false rumor because of this letter about Benjamin Franklin originally wanting the national bird of the United States to be a turkey. It's not entirely true for reasons I can't really get into because I don't understand it well, but I kind of wish it was true. I remember being taught this in school and finding out it was false all these years later. It freaking broke me because I want the national bird to be a turkey. <laughs> no, seriously, think about it. Think about it. I have no doubt that eagles can mess someone up, but I know plenty of people who are mortified of turkeys. We get a lot more videos on YouTube of people being chased by turkeys. 
I've never once in my life seen a mention of anyone being chased by a bald eagle. Turkeys will mess you up. You know what? I'm running for president. Toby Lee Lefeu, 2024. If you vote for me, I'm making the national bird a turkey. Checks and balances? Who's she? You know what? I'll make Griffin McElroy my running mate. We'll change the national bird, and we'll make sure dogs can vote. I mean, I know Kanye West is going to be a hard candidate to beat, but I have faith in my ability to get the public's vote. So back on turkeys. <laughs> turkeys can swim. They don't do it a lot, but they can if they need to. Turkeys do not just live in the USA. They live in certain regions of Mexico, too. The Spanish word for turkey is pavo. Now, on to our second bird, the northern cardinal. The northern cardinal is native to the east side of the U.S., as well as some parts of Mexico and Canada. The male ones are bright red, while the females are drab brown. They're smaller than a robin, but bigger than a sparrow. They have these black beaks, and they're wide, but they're also kind of narrow. Cardinals are called cardinals because they're red, like the robes of a cardinal in the Catholic Church. Part of me was kind of hoping that the cardinals in the Catholic Church would have been named after the bird, but that's not how that worked out. And it's okay. It's fine. They kind of just hang around year-round, but they're seen as a symbol of wintertime. That's because when it's wintertime and snow coats everything. A cardinal is going to stand out. You can find many winter greeting cards with cardinals just vibing on branches. I think it's festive. I love birds. I love holiday birds. My mom once told me that when you see a cardinal, it's an angel visiting you. More specifically, it's a dearly departed loved one watching over you. This will actually come up in our next segment, but let's just keep doing bird biography for now. According to worldbirds.com, cardinals mate for life. They only associate themselves with one other bird. We don't see the males hopping from lady to ladybird. They just stick with one ladybird. Cardinals are also the state bird of seven states. That's too many. There's no reason for seven states to have the same state bird. Are there more birds than states in the U.S.? I hope not. Once again, if you vote me into office, I'll make it a national law that every state needs to have a unique state bird. Thank you very much. On birdsandblooms.com, it's stated that cardinals go nuts for black oil sunflower seeds. Makes sense, looking at its beak. It's a seed crunching beak, but not a big seed breaker, just for small seeds. Oh, to be a bird crunching down on seeds from a bird feeder, and having an eager bird watcher point at you and smile from the window. Birds have it made. They don't have to pay taxes. They don't have to do anything aside from survive. I mean, I don't want to be killed by a house cat, but still, flying is pretty dope. I want to be a bird. All right, I think that's it for this segment. I'd like to thank allaboutbirds.org, modernfarmer.com, birdsandblooms.com, worldbirds.com, and my mom for all giving me the information for this segment. Now, on to our next segment. The word on your birds. try something new for this episode for the word on your birds and into the toby bird considering that this is less informational and more just me talking out my own i think that i should drop the script for this segment and the next segment some people might say oh toby that's a little bit naive of you don't you think you need to have a plan of what you're gonna say well here's the thing if i have a script it feels like i'm talking at 
half the audience. But if I just throw caution to the wind and just speak in front of a microphone, well, one, I might accidentally strike gold, who knows? And two, it'll feel a lot more natural. It'll feel like you're really getting in touch with the person who's behind the microphone here. It'll feel more personal, more intimate, and hopefully more enjoyable. Who knows? All right, I don't have many personal stories about turkeys. I haven't really seen a lot of turkeys in my life. I remember one time I was vacationing in Zion National Park for a little bit. My family and I were visiting there on our way to a family trip, and my brother and I, we were on a bus going through the park, and we saw this big old turkey. It was way off in the distance, but I saw it. I think I pointed out to my mom and I said, hey, there's a turkey there. Either that or she pointed out to me. I don't really remember. It wasn't really a monumentous occasion, but part of me was just thinking, wow, I didn't know they came out this far this way. Probably a better way I could have phrased that, but right now my brain is not working. I also remember one time my dad pointing out a wild turkey on the side of the road to me. I think we were doing a camping trip at the time, but I'm not sure. All I remember remember is being in a car, looking at the side of the window, and not being able to find the turkey. Oh well, I've not seen many living turkeys in my life, but I've seen a lot of turkey lunch meat in my life. There was a phase in my life, I think I was around like 10 or 11, where the only sandwiches I'd want to eat are turkey sandwiches with mayo. Nothing else, just turkey and mayo. But something even more interesting is that when my mom was pregnant with me, one of her favorite things to eat were turkey lettuce wraps. So she'd have a lettuce wrap with turkey and provolone in it. I've always wondered if the foods that the mom eats while she's pregnant have an impact on the baby when it comes out. Do I like turkey sandwiches so much because my mom made a bunch of turkey and lettuce wraps? Who knows? Some more turkey news. Over Thanksgiving this year, there was a TikTok. No good sense ever starts with there was a TikTok. I'm just telling you right here. But there was a TikTok in which a person's cooking their Thanksgiving turkey and their pet turkey comes into the kitchen. The turkey looks into the oven and it's just like, I don't think the turkey's ever seen a plucked turkey, a turkey that's in the oven. But I can see it in the turkey's eyes. He kind of realizes, whoa, this is kind of weird. So the owner's looking at the turkey and he's like, don't worry, you don't know this one. On one hand, People found it funny. On the other hand, people found it really sad. I'm kind of in the middle. I don't know what to think about it. All I know is that it was just, it was weird. The Birds Aren't Real movement released a statement on turkeys and Thanksgiving. I could do a whole episode on the Birds Aren't Real movement. Heck, I might even bring like a bird truther in to interview. The statement that was released about Thanksgiving was basically this. Thanksgiving is pro-bird brainwashing. You wake up in the morning, you watch the bird in the parade, you spend all day preparing the bird, you decorate your house with idols of the bird, even children can trace out their hands to draw the bird. Okay, they didn't add the last part about the hand turkeys, but you get the picture. And then you pray around the bird, and then you eat the bird, consuming the biotrackers that are in bird meat. Which, by the way, according to the Birds Aren't Real movement, is all synthetic. So yeah, that was something. Honestly, I'm not even sure what the Birds Aren't Real movement is all about. I'm not sure if it's a joke or if people take this seriously. I don't know. 
I follow them on Instagram and on Twitter, but I just, I don't know if they're kidding or if they're legit. I'm going to have to do some research on that for the next episode, and I'm going to have to interview someone. Well, I don't have to, but I think the audience would like that, wouldn't you guys? Thank you. I know you guys will always support me. So, about Cardinals. I do have one pretty notable story about Cardinals. So, my mom always told me as a kid that Cardinals meant that angels were near. Cardinals were angels. So, my mom, my aunt, and I were in Florida last year, and we're kind of just hanging out at the hotel room before we left, and we're kind of just goofing off, and I was doing a bad British accent, when all of a sudden, this cardinal just hops up to our window and starts staring at This cardinal had a death stare. It was just like, I can't articulate it with words. This cardinal just freaking was staring daggers at me. I pointed out, and I'm like, Oh, there's a cardinal, Mom. And I stop doing the British accent, and it leaves. We get over seeing the cardinal, and I start doing the bad British accent again. And it came back. So I just was laughing so hard at the cardinal, who just looked so mad. And I was like, <laughs> the cardinal must be British. The angel's British. I'm surprised I remembered that. And then something kind of clicked for me. I remembered somebody. It was one of my Sunday school teachers, Sister Ingram. Sister Ingram was one of the most intelligent ladies I've ever met. She taught Sunday school, and she was just a joy to be around for basically everyone who met her. Unfortunately, she is no longer amongst the living, but she's in a better place now. And I look at this cardinal, and I think about how he's doing a bad British accent. It must be noted that Sister Ingram was British. So I was just thinking, oh, this angel and Sister Ingram. I'm sorry, I'm actually getting a little misty-eyed over here. So I was thinking, oh no, the angel Sister Ingram, and she's mad at me. She's mad at me for doing a bad British accent. And I think at this point, much like I am now, I was both laughing and crying. Ooh, geez Louise, I'm surprised that I'm crying on microphone. You guys are so lucky this is not a video podcast because I cry so ugly. I just got something in my eye, but it was a really sweet moment. Now, whether it was just coincidence or if it was actually an angel, that's up for you to decide, but I know what I believe. All right, I think that just kind of got a little bit sappy, so I'm gonna move into Into the Tobyverse. Welcome to Into the Tobyverse. I'm your host, Toby Lee LaFew. And I'm going to talk without a script, without a plan, right here to you. So how have things been in the month since my absence? Well, they've been wild. I recorded episode three. However, though, due to the way things are at Mac right now, where everyone's busy, it's kind of just been waiting in the wings for a little bit. And I talked a little bit about my life in episode three. I even brought in a special guest, but that might be coming in later than this episode comes out. So 
you might have to wait a little bit on that. So around the beginning of November, I went down to Kirksville, Missouri to see my boyfriend. It was really fun. I just had a great time. I met his family. We hung out. We went to the mall. We watched YouTube. We pet his dog. It was amazing. But other than that, I've also had just a bunch going on. As far as my academics are going, finals went amazingly. I passed with flying colors, or at least I hope I passed with flying colors. It has been a little bit stressful academics-wise, but my main way of dealing with academic stress is literally just don't worry about it. And I know that's very reductive, you know? Oh, if you're worried, just don't worry about it. Sounds stupid, but at this point, I've adopted a very go-with-the-flow attitude towards academics, which probably is gonna get me in trouble one of these days but it works so far. I'm doing well in all of my classes. I get things done. I kind of just, I put myself in a position where I tell myself, all right, we're just going to learn today. We're going to learn something. We don't have to master it yet. We just have to go in there and put in some effort. But I know it's not that way for everyone, and I feel bad. A lot of people aren't doing well with the stress of finals, and it really bums me out. I wish I could help them, but I know I can't. I went to see my family over Thanksgiving, and I saw my adorable little nephews. They aren't biologically related to me, but I still call them my nephews. I remember one time, my youngest nephew, he was walking around in the dining room, just kind of running into walls and walking in circles, and... He's only four, but still, I was kind of weirded out. I don't have any younger siblings, so I didn't know if this was normal behavior. So I walk in. I ask him, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm being a stupid type Pokemon. I didn't, I don't know what a stupid type Pokemon is, but I was here for it. <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, Toby, you have to say, oh, a stupid type Pokemon. So I did. And he's like, you have to catch the stupid type Pokemon. So I threw a fake Pokemon ball at him. And he's like, beep, beep. Stupid type Pokemon has been registered. And it was, oh, it was adorable. Speaking of nephews, on December 6th, on December 6th, 2021, new life was brought into the world. My sister had a baby. Baby Santiago. And baby Santiago is so cute. He's like, just a baby. And he's just, well, I can't really describe him. He's a baby, but baby Santiago just always looks like he's just a happy baby. Even when he's like sleeping, he's just, I've never seen a baby so happy. I didn't know that babies had smile muscles that young. Over Christmas break, I'm going to go see my folks and I'm super excited for it. I'm excited to see my sister. I'm excited to see my brother. I'm also excited to see some of the friends I left back in Reno. I'm very excited to see Pauline, longtime listener of the show. Long, longtime listener. I say that like I've released a bunch of episodes, but who cares? She's still a fan of the show. I'm gonna see Ricky, also longtime listener of the show. I'm gonna see my sister's partner, Rigo. Also excited for that. But most notably, I'm gonna eat some good food. There's this sushi place in Reno called JJ's. And JJ's is awesome. It's all-you-can-eat sushi. I know that's not the norm everywhere. And some people are like, all-you-can-eat sushi? It must not be that good of sushi. It's good sushi. It's really tasty. And the people there are so nice. One of the workers there, Jessie, she's the best. 
Everybody loves Jesse, especially my mom. So I'm excited to yummy down on some sushi. Sushi is actually a bit of a holiday tradition in my family. Someday, in the time leading up to Christmas, we have to go out and eat some sushi. I don't know when exactly this started, but the first time I remember it happening was... I don't remember how old I was, but I was living in St. Charles, Illinois at the time. And we went to this place called Shima's. Shima's was the best. And they treated us well there because we were good customers. And we kept going back because they treated us well. If nothing else, they knew how to rope the customers in. Shima's was awesome. The food was awesome, the staff was awesome, everything was good. And it just kind of was a tradition that stuck with us. Sometime before Christmas, we just had to go get some sushi. It was pretty cool. I remember one time I was eating Christmas sushi, and my I think it was my sister who handed me a piece. And it was a roll with lemon in it. So I bite down on my piece of the roll, and I just, I must have not gone at it the right way because I tasted pure lemon peel. And I've had that roll since then, and it doesn't taste like pure lemon peel. So I must have goofed in some regard. And I just start kind of making noises. I'm like, oh, oh, I bit the lemon wrong. And the whole table just starts laughing. Like it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. In fact, my family will still tell me, oh, did you bite the lemon wrong? Whenever I eat a piece of sushi sometimes. It's funny. I know that the holidays can be rough for some people. And honestly, I've been in a little bit of a funk these past few days. I'm not trying to make myself throw a pity party or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, I've just been feeling weird. Not bad, just weird. But all that's probably gonna get better once I get home for the holidays and start feeling the Christmas spirit. Christmas is my holiday of choice, but I respect people celebrating other holidays and I'm not going to treat Christmas like it's the only option. I always get super excited for Christmas, but I'm not sure if Christmas is even my favorite holiday. I love Halloween, but Christmas is special because it's what my mom really likes. And I know that sounds silly, but my mom around Christmas is just, she loves Christmas and I love Christmas too because I get to see my mom super happy. She's the type of person who listens to Christmas music year round and she'll deny it. She will vehemently deny it. But I remember just anytime she went to clean, it was always playing Christmas music or sometimes she'd even set the movie Home Alone on background. Actually, no. It's Home Alone and Christmas with the Cranks. Those are what she sets on in the background to clean, and sometimes what she sets on in the background to sleep. I love my mom. I love my family. I'm super excited to see them. I finished up my first full D&D campaign yesterday. It was amazing. My party and I, we have just, we have this great bond where in character we all want to murder each other, but we don't because we have goals and stuff that murder doesn't really help. But out of character, we're all really good friends. Well, most of us are really good friends, but I feel like I'm friends with everyone in my party. Out of character. In character, they all hate Arlo. I can't blame them, though. My character, Arlo Wisecream, human bard, is very abrasive. She's about 4'11", and she has the background of an entertainer. So what she does is, well, 
she has a whole backstory involving an ex-husband and just this and that. But what she's doing right now is that she is a children's performer. So think kind of like Rory Berkner, where she makes songs for children. She hates her job. She hates her job, but she's doing it because that's where the money is right now. And she has a song called We Are the Owl Bears. It's like We Are the Dinosaurs, but about owl bears. And she talks like this. She's very high-pitched and kind of annoying when she's talking, but she's also like a super jerk. She's the worst because her main form of attack just starting out is vicious mockery. So she'll just insult things to death, but sometimes I will also insult my fellow party members just because that's what- okay. So Arlo insults my fellow party members and out of character I apologize a lot. So Arlo's just like, you're a cat head. You're the worst. You're a And I'm not gonna lie, it does make things... We always work together and get things done, but no one is really good with Arlo. But then again, I don't feel like anyone's really good with anyone in the party. I mean, Sun Eve is kind of a peacemaker and Tuvon doesn't really do much to offend, but... Marius is constantly trying to burn things down. Sunny's like, no, we don't have to fight, which isn't always true. Then Robbie's always drunk. And Kat, honestly, I didn't expect it to be this way, but Kat is definitely the brains of this operation. Both Kat and Marius, they are usually the ones who come up with good ideas. I mean, everybody in the party comes up with good ideas, but Kat and Marius are typically the first ones to say they're good ideas. I remember one time we were at this castle of hobgoblins trying to infiltrate it, and Marius and I were working in a team for that part. So we go up to the castle and the hobgoblins are just like, state your names! State your names and drop your weapons! And I had a brilliant idea. I was going to pretend to be a lost child, because Arlo looks very childlike despite the fact that she's 30 years old. So she drops her weapons and she's just like, I want, uh, can you guys let me in? Cause I'm scared and I'm hiding. And the hobgoblins are confused. They're like, what are you hiding from? And I was like, there's mean men and there's birds and they're all chasing me and I lost my mom and I was trying to find her in the woods. The hobgoblins are kind of a little bit suspicious. So they're like, the red guy next to you, the tiefling, he can, he's your guardian. He can watch you. In a genius moment of just role-playing ingenuity, I'm like, he slipped while he was being chased by a wolf and he hit his head on a rock and he can't remember where home is. And the whole table is just cracking up because I'm coming up with all this on the spot and the hobgoblins are just like, oh, what do we do? And then Arlo starts fake crying. And at this point, I'm laughing so hard, tears are streaming down my face, and the whole table is cracking up. I am laughing so hard, I'm wheezing, and our DM is just telling me, Toby, breathe! It was pretty awesome. We've had a lot of awesome moments with that group. I'm super excited for our next campaign, though, because we're going to be on the high seas, and I've created a new character for it. Because Arlo's great, but she's getting old. So I created Pretty, the Kenku Rogue, the Arcane Trickster. Just some details about Pretty and kind of how I play D&D. I always focus on less the gameplay aspect of it, more the role-playing aspect of it. So I typically have, well, not like the 30-page nightmare backstories that characters typically have, but 
I have a decent amount of backstory written for them. And for Pretty, she was a Kenku, and she still is. And somewhere in her life, she was found on Death's Door by this guy named Nano. Now, I'm not sure if Nano's his real name or just what everyone calls him, but Nano was a smuggler. And Nano had heard things about Kenku. He had heard that they are very good at mimicking. And at this moment, he looked at Pretty and he saw opportunity. So he takes her in, feeds her, Nano kind of makes her one of the smugglers, and she eventually gets to a point where she is just a smuggler. That's what she does. She's a smuggler and an arcane trickster, so she can use magic to do roguelike things. And the thing with Kenku in D&D is that they're crow people, so of course I'll be playing one. And Kenku don't know how to speak on their own, and they can't fly either. They just mimic. So I've been walking around just practicing what Pretty would say and how she forms sentences and how she makes up words for things that she doesn't have words for. So I've been walking around practicing my sounds, practicing switching voices at a moment's notice. My neighbors probably think I'm a crazy person. For example, let's say that she saw tabaxi and she didn't know a word for tabaxi. She would see it, see that it's part cat and say, meow, and then see it's kind of standing up like a human and say, hey. So she would call it, meow, hey. It's a little bit silly, but I really do have all of this figured out and I'm really excited. So I think that we've had a great time here for this episode, but we've got to go. My time at the studio is running out and I have a feeling that somebody else has probably got to record today too. So let's get some finishing notes in here. You can follow us on Twitter at Tripled, and our Tumblr is tripofftheoldblock.tumblr.com. We're more active on Twitter than Tumblr, but basically nobody is following us on either, so it doesn't really matter. We probably need to get an Instagram soon, because that's where the most people who listen to this podcast are. But hey, it's, it's good. We'll figure it out. So before I finish this episode, I have a song. A song, you say? A song? On a podcast? Wow. Here's the song. Turkeys are the best, and cardinals make me smile. I let some chickens rest in my house for a while. My Christmas is birds, just birds and birds alone. Birds here, birds there, birds everywhere, just birds filling the home. Oh, jingle birds, jingle birds, birds from here to there. Birds on presents, birds on trees, and birds eating the clairs. Oh, oh, jingle birds, jingle birds, birds and birds for days. Join us in January when barn owls come to play. Alright, I think that's it for the episode. You know our Twitter, you know our Tumblr. I'd like to recommend you to check out some of the, some more podcasts on the Podrangle Network. And that's it for this episode. Now, I'm going to try out a new outro that my boyfriend recommended to me. Bird up. Bird <laughs> up.